What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you with a special edition of the off-season plan series, the second episode of said series. And on this episode, we will be covering the Dallas Mavericks. Now, Noah, I know that this is a team that has caught a lot of buzz. Obviously, Luca is... Uh, only in his second season, third season, the face, one of the faces of the NBA. They're an interesting team. Seven games against the Clippers. There's a lot to talk about here. Where do we start, and how do you view, uh, on on a high level, the Maverick situation? They're they're a very interesting situation, Colin. Um, while they took the Clippers to seven games, I also feel like they kind of self-imploded there towards the end, Colin, um, leaving them in a very peculiar spot to come this offseason. And um, just getting into it, I'll break down the basics. Um, cap space, Colin, they're looking at 35-plus mil if they let go of Tim Hardaway, Josh Richardson, and Willie Cauley-Stein which is enough for them to go out and get a max player, Colin. Um, exceptions, we're looking at a $9.5 million mid-level exception and a 3.8 biannual um, taxpayer exception. No draft picks, really Colin. quick break, break down the mid-level and the biannual exceptions for yeah. our listeners and um, yeah, Colin's memory. So the $9.5 million mid-level and the 3.8 biannual are both exceptions that the teams can use on signing guys and it won't cap it won't count against their cap hit so you can essentially sign a player and pay them this money but it won't go on your salary cap table which is really important because a nine and a half million mid-level exception can go out and get you a pretty good player um which i'll discuss later in this um looking at their draft picks con they don't have any this year and that is from their first they traded in the porzingis trade and their second they traded in the jj reddick trade which is kind of a yikes. J.J. Redick really didn't do anything for them in that trade. Um, Their needs, Colin. They give up a second rounder, though, right? Yeah, 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 it's fine. Um, Their needs, Colin. They're looking at... They need another star, probably, and they're going to need more depending on who leaves in free agency. Um, The relevant free agents, Colin, are Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Richardson, who has a player option, and Willie Cauley-Stein. In... The biggest question revolving the Mavs, Colin, has to be what to do with Chris Tapp's Porzingis, right? Right. Uh, absolutely. It, as we've talked about on previous episodes, he definitely got dunked on on Twitter. Twitter heads all over him. And, again, it was it was deserved. There were reasons behind it. Um, but just to get into this aspect of it, I am personally not for overreacting to singular playoff series. I think that the playoffs are are a very interesting part of the NBA, and obviously all credit to the guys that continue to excel, the LeBrons, the Kawhis, the Steph Currys, KD, always seem to rise to the occasion, but it's no small task by any sense of the imagination. So, 
last year we get a guy like Paul George, who's been a bona fide superstar in the league for almost a decade now. Has an atrocious playoffs, and everybody was making fun of him. Can't do it. Kawhi's gonna leave, and now he he just more or less carried that Clippers team in games five and six to the Western Conference Finals. So I'm not gonna overreact. He played a, a, a pretty poor series. He claims that he, apologies, wants to be taken more seriously. That, that's fine. You can say whatever you want. It, to me, that's semantics. I think the guy's a talented player. I think he, he could get it done, given some, some off-season work, some work on his game, and just understanding what his role needs to be next to a guy like Luka. So I'm, I'm not really for trading him, especially because I, I don't think that you're going to get much value out of him. And, and that's where I'll start on, on the Chris Stops conversation. You, you take the ball from here. Um, yeah, I kind of hold that same similar viewpoint as you, Colin, um, to not overreact when these guys have a bad playoffs or a bad playoff series. And... Um, for me writing this plan, right off the bat, I said Kristaps will not be traded. Um, even if they wanted to trade him, Con, no teams view Kristaps as a valuable asset right now after what we saw in those playoffs, truly. Um, he was awful in those playoffs, Con. He was a defensive liability. He was a glorified role player in the offense who's on a yeah. max contract. And in his um in his post interview after their exit con he had a quote basically saying that he was frustrated often feeling more like an afterthought than a co-star as luka dominates the ball and the spotlight and i think that's a shot both at luka and rick carlisle um colin but i don't really see <laughs> yeah uh, we'll get into that but i don't really see how kp can be mad at anyone i think he should be the most mad at himself colin he sucked in the playoffs. The Mavs traded him for to be a superstar duo. That's what they wanted. And Lucas held up his end of the bargain, Colin, but Porzingis has Much not. More than that. And the Mavs can't depend on him, Colin, because he's not dependable. Um, I don't really think he has anyone to blame but himself. But you can't trade Chris Tapps Porzingis. I would love to trade him, but I think that would be idiotic at this point. His stock is so low, they wouldn't get anything near what they would want for him. And dealing him, I think, would hurt the Mavs more than it would help them. Um, looking at his remaining deal, Colin, so next year he's making $31.7 million. 2022-23, he's making $33.8 million. 2023-24, he's making $36 million. I love it. I um, see an issue. No one wants an injury-prone seven-footer con that averages 12 points a night, and he's bad on defense, especially on that contract. So my first order of business is the Mavs kind of have to run it back and hope KB rebounds and can find himself. Um, mm -hmm. Either way, if they want to trade him, they still have to let him play. It's similar to how the Pacers handled the Victor Oladipo situation this season. Um, they wanted to yeah. trade him, but they had to let him play, um, get his value up so they actually could trade him for a package that would be semi um decent and if he doesn't come back if he doesn't bounce back next season con he becomes easily one of the worst contracts in the nba 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's tough because, again, I think he's a very talented player. His his perimeter offense, which was quite touted in New York, I mean, you don't get the, the nickname Unicorn by being a seven-footer who only has post moves. You know, I, I think that there was some semblance of an expectation that he would be Baby Dirk, but it, it's really his his perimeter stroke to me that is really the downfall in what he does. And in the post, uh, he can get bodied. He's not a big guy, really. Like, from a, a physical, muscular standpoint, he can get bullied down in the paint, which is tough for a guy that's seven foot three mm-hmm. um, you know and to me a- along with the lack of the three point stroke his inability to create his own shot was was just so frustrating to watch it, to me he's a guy that has all the tools to score from anywhere on the floor that he wants and all of his shots were coming as layups and dunks on feeds from the other players, which aligns perfectly with your analysis of a glorified role player. That's all he was really doing. Yeah, and if he wasn't getting those layups and dunks, Colin, he was basically standing in the corner waiting for the ball to get past yeah. him to jack up a corner three. But I do think there's some hope here, Colin. Um, this is actually Chris Stapp's first off-season con that he's gone into fully healthy so instead of having to worry about rehabbing and getting himself back to peak physical performance he could actually spend this off-season you know trying to work and develop his game so I do think that's a semi-decent sign um Mm -hmm. the next order of business con is to offer Luca the max extension and you know people like to people like to question you know is Luca going to turn this down blah 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 Luca's not going to turn down this extension con he is about to sign the largest rookie extension of all time um it will e it will to it will equivalent to about 30% of the Mavs salary cap con Luca will be taking up and Ooh. i think that's rightfully so like you know if the, i you know, agreed yeah uh he deserves it um and the Mavs really have four to five more years to win with Luka Khan and show him that they can build a team around him before he potentially leaves after that contract. So him signing that extension will be a nice piece of security for the Mavs, but it's also a ticking time bomb if they can't make the right decisions. And we're looking at 35-plus mil cap space, Colin. Um, and the question is, what will they do with all that cap space? Um, they have two options here. They either go out and get another max-type player to pair with Luka and risk taking away all of their depth. Um, this would basically result in them losing Tim Hardaway Jr. Con, who was their second-best player this fine. season. Um, I still I, I am not very high on Tim Hardaway Jr. at all. They're going to lose Josh Richardson, who's their second-best perimeter defender behind um, Dorian Finney-Smith. That one's a tougher blow. And they're going to lose Willie Cauley-Stein, probably the biggest piece um, of that Mavericks team. You know, he's a developing superstar, but they could risk losing him this offseason. Wait, wait, wait. You just called Willie Cauley-Stein a developing superstar? Yeah. 
No. Not yeah. at all. A developing yeah. superstar? No I'm chance. I'm joking, dude. I'm trolling no you, way. Colin. No way. Alright. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's late in the night, but I... Oh, I thought you were serious, dude. You, you got me on my toes. I, I was ready to fight. But, I had my um, computer in hand. I was going to throw it <laughs> at the wall. Uh, looking at potential targets, Colin, for a max-type player. Um, a true max player, Colin, in this off in this free agent class is Kawhi, and that's it, Colin. And of course, you know if the Mavs have the chance to get Kawhi, they will offer him hit. They will offer him the contract. Yeah. Um, whether he will want to go yeah. there is the big question. But I did make a list of sub max free agents who will demand a good amount of money, Colin. And that list goes Chris Paul, Demar Derozan, yeah. Kyle Lowry. Mike Conley, John Collins, Lonzo Ball, like Dennis Schroeder, and Norman Powell. But you notice, Con, that list has about four to five point guards on the te- on that list, Con. Say that was my first reaction. And a point guard doesn't really make sense to me because Luca needs the ball in his hands, right? Right. Um, and you know the other yeah. side of that argument, Con, that people would make is, oh, another ball handler would help take the pressure off of Luka, but no, you can't be spending that much money on a point guard who will not have the ball in his hands. Um, that just doesn't really make sense to me. And if we're looking at the list past crossing out all those point guards, Con, we're looking at DeMar DeRozan, John Collins, and Norman Powell. Um, none of the remaining dudes to me, Con, are really that big of an upgrade for them in terms of how much money they'll have to spend them. And especially, I like John Collins, the thought of John Collins on this team, Con. Mm-hmm. But especially after the playoffs he had, it seems like the Hawks will be willing to match any offer that um, will come in for John Collins. And while getting a new teammate sounds fun, Con, especially after the disappointing season they had, I think they need to re-sign their own guys and take full advantage of their exceptions that they have. So I do think that they should bring back Josh Richardson and Tim Hardaway. Um, I think they're good role players to have around Luka. And this is where it gets really fun, Con. Um, I have a list of full mid-level candidates that the Mavs could potentially go out and get, and that goes Sergi Baca, who I would love to see on the Mavs, Montrez Harrell, Alex Caruso, Spencer Dinwiddie, Laurie Markkinen, Andre Drummond, and Lou Williams. All right. I I have to say it. There there's a guy on the first list that you said that to me is just the perfect player given the options out there to put on this Mavs team. Do you know who I'm going to say? DeMar DeRozan. I DeMar DeRozan. We're talking about a guy that doesn't need the ball in his hands. We're talking about a guy who uh, you know the Spurs have been what what they've been, but for the eighth straight year, he put up twenty a game. He's he's pretty efficient with it. I mean, his uh his field goal percentage, his effective field goal percentage is just uh, over fifty percent, fifty and a half percent. He's not a three point shooter. But uh, I think that's a bit easier to fill in the gaps for. You can keep a, a Dorian Finney-Smith. You can go out and, and find some 
sharpshooters, I think. But in terms of a, a second offensive player, I think that DeMar DeRozan is a really solid option. Yeah, I I like that option for the Ma- or for the Mavericks con, but I had a hard time determining his market value. Um, I couldn't really tell you what Mar DeRozan is going to get in this market con. Um, I think he's deserving of another good contract, but I also think he's going to get overpaid this offseason due to the lack of talent in this free agent class. Do you agree with that? I, I can hear that. Um, DeMar's just a, a very interesting candidate because he doesn't really fit with a lot of teams, and I think he does fit with the Mavs. And I look at the, the landscape of who else is out there willing to pay a DeMar DeRozan, and, and the list, to me, is pretty slim. New York Knicks. You know? I, yeah, the New York Knicks... Um, a a little bit less attractive than these two situations, but I I could see a team like the Sacramento Kings possibly going out and and looking at DeMar DeRozan. Uh, I I don't think it's the best fit in the world, but when we're talking about a team that that just needs another scoring option that isn't a a deep ball threat, I think that he could fit in there. Um, and then I don't really know what other teams that are, are looking to win because that's uh, who you're going to be if you're going to sign DeMar. It, you would want him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the hardest parts about DeMar DeRozan, Colin, are his determining his market value to make sure you sign him to a reasonable contract. And then it's also, it's also um, kind of picking apart his own psyche and how he views himself because you know on that Spurs team con he is the number one option and I probably do believe that DeMar DeRozan does think he can still be uh, number one or number two on a team and that's why I like the Knicks for DeMar DeRozan because he can immediately come in day one and be that team's like most reliable shot maker you know um Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would love him on the Mavs, Colin, but I also don't want to see them overpay for the Mavs and overpay him to come to the Mavs, and I do think the Knicks will be willing to offer DeMar DeRozan a pretty nice contract. Like, would... In my mind, if if the Mavs offered him three years, 75... I think that's where I would start if I was the Dallas Mavs. If I'm the GM of the Mavs, I don't don't know if I want him for three years. Truly. You you think he'd sign a two-year deal? Because the Knicks will offer him for more than two years. I think if they do, you let him go. I, I have a hard time questioning if he's worth 25 mil, honestly. And that's fine. I, I like the open discussion of this because I, I think it's really tough to judge each offseason be, because they are so standalone based on what's out there, who's trying to be competitive. So it, if you think he's worth 20 mil, yeah, I don't he's know. Worth it, minimum in the modern 20. day NBA, 20, 20 mil, I mean, that goes to 
Like Miles Laurie Turner. Markkinen, I think, was making – yeah, exactly. Players definitely a, one or two or three tiers below DeMar DeRozan can get a 20-mil contract. And I get that that's a pretty steep jump from 20 to 25. But I think that, I, would... I think that 25 seems to be a decent starting place. So say they did lock in DeMar for three years, 25 con. You're essentially investing your future into DeMar, KP, and Luka as your three highest salary paid players. And Uh, I I think I'd rather keep the flexibility of having multiple guys like Tim Hardaway, Josh Richardson, not only for my depth on my team, but also as trade pieces to have for the next disgruntled superstar. Okay, I hear you. And, and yeah, I mean, that's the other thing with the Mavs is they don't have to do anything right now. Yeah. Unless Lucas says, no, I'm not signing the, the Max yeah. extension, you don't have to quite throw all, all your eggs in one basket this offseason because it, it truly is not very deep and there's no point in overpaying just for the sake of getting a guy right now even if he's not a perfect fit and as we talk about it I I do question if I can sit here and tell you that the Mavs simply by adding DeMar DeRozan can accomplish what they would like to accomplish so in that vein I, I understand your point of keep the role players see who develops I mean, a lot of the guys, these guys we're talking about are, are still pretty young. Um, could turn into something more than what they currently are. And then just kind of sit and wait because I don't know what the league's perception is, the player's perception in the league of Luka is. I know that the fans love him. Obviously, we'll get to it, but Rick Carlisle has left and the main reason being that his relationship with Luca just uh, no longer seemed like he would, was something he wanted to be a part of. So then how do the other players in the NBA, the, the older vets that just are all about winning now, do they want to go play with Luca, Or is he too much of a ball hog? Is, is KP on to something? I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, the Mavs are in a very peculiar situation, Colin. It's a really bad class to have this much cap uh, to work with, really. Um, My next piece that I wrote, Colin, I wrote this before Rick Carlisle decided to leave the Mavericks, but I was in the the camp that they should keep Rick Carlisle. Um, I get that he hasn't mm-hmm. won a playoff series since the 2011 championship, and I get Mavs, Mavs fans are probably sick of that. Um, but the grass isn't always greener on the other side, Con, which we're truly going to get to see come to fruition um, next year. And the question I had was, who's going to replace him? Um, I didn't really think there was a home run hire waiting in the shadows, really. Um, and now it looks like the most likely candidate to be hired as their next coach, Con is an assistant already sitting on their bench. Um, His name is Jamal Mosley. He's pretty much touted to be the next head coach in Dallas. Um, Doncic said after Mosley filled in for Rick Carlisle in a game this season that he has the skills to be a leading coach in the league. And 
it makes sense to me to promote this guy Khan. He's an in-house guy. He's been there for a while, and it would if he has Luca's endorsement, it seems like it would make Luca yeah. pretty happy if you sign him. So it makes sense to me that Jamal Mosley will probably become the next head coach of the Mavericks. So we don't really even have to have a discussion about that. But moving into the big picture, Colin, um, I don't think the Mavs should make any big moves this offseason. Um, I get not closing out in the playoffs is pretty upsetting. But there's not a big move to be made. Um KP's so bad, no one wants him. Maybe they'll just straight up trade him for Ben Simmons. Um, <laughs> who knows? They can exchange. But I think if they traded him, Con, it would literally be for like a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos at this point. Uh, oh, she's not men. Well, I'm going to do that. I want to catch him on that. So you just have to hope and pray that KP bounces back. And like I already said, they have cap space, Con, but it's a bad class to spend big. Um, if they could go get Kawhi, they should, but I don't think they can realistically. I think he's probably going to either stay with the Clippers or go to a team like New York. Um, and yeah, that's my plan for the Mavericks, Colin. But I'm a I'm a proponent that they should stay flexible and wait for the next superstar to pair with Luca. I uh, I think I like that mentality. Um. Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about this, from you know, we are putting our sh- ourselves in the shoes of a general manager. It, there's nothing worse than you can do, than spend money purely because you have it. Um, yeah. You know, Luol Deng might disagree with me, and and that's fine. He's entitled to all the money that he made for not doing anything. But you can't just you can't just make the move to make the move. Building a team is much more delicate than I think the average fan would like to believe, mm-hmm. and you can't just stick good players with good players and hope it works. <clears throat> Philadelphia and Luca is a is a really interesting player because he is so good. He definitely willed that team to three wins. But he's not um, he's not a Clay Thompson that could be plugged in on literally every single NBA team mm-hmm. and just fit in seamlessly. Yeah. You, I, you need guys. Go ahead. You have to be willing to play to Luka's style, um, which I really liked your point earlier talking about. We don't know how other NBA players really view Luka, Colin. Um, we don't know how... Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I, I assume a lot of NBA players who don't talk to, who aren't close friends with Luka, they see how this Kristaps, um, well, the position Kristaps is in right now, and they're like, do I really want to put myself into that? Mm-hmm. Which, and that's that seems like a super interesting, like, developing um, storyline that we'll probably see more come in the future. But, yeah. I'm I'm remaining flexible, Con. Um, who knows? You know, a month into the next season, Bradley Beal or Cat could be like, I want the fuck out of Minnesota or Washington, and the Mavs can be sitting there with plenty of trade assets and cap waiting to pounce. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would generally tend to agree. Um, I know we're at the end of, of what you've written here, 
but just just real quick, um, the the free agent market isn't great. If right now the Mavs, in a reasonable manner, could trade for anybody, who would you want to trade for? It's weird. I I don't know the perfect type of player to pair with Luca, Colin. Um, well, it's, it's Clay Thompson. It's really like that yes. Just, I think Bradley Beal. Just, I think Bradley Beal is a realistic yeah. target and would be a fantastic fit next to Luca. But I also wouldn't mind seeing a big man like Cat next to Luca. Um, I think at the center of any trade like that will probably be Kristaps Porzingis. So you're assuming another big man would have to come in. But I think. I think Luca simultaneously could play with a ton of guys, but also would not fit with a very good amount of guys as well. Like you basically can't trade for a super, yeah. another point guard. Like that's off the list right there. No, 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 no. And, and I, that makes sense to me. Who would who would your ideal person be? I don't know, and, and that's what I'm trying to sit here and think through. Because I, I'm gonna leave the guys on. On teams that they're currently comfortable with alone. Um, man, it, it is it's tough out here. See, I, I know at the beginning of the season there were a lot of talks about Zach Levine going to the Mavs, and I think offensively, I think that would be a phenomenal pairing. Obviously, that's not going to happen, and I wouldn't want that to happen. Um, so, so in that vein, I like your analysis. Let's bring Luca to Chicago. Okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. True. We'll, we'll give you Kobe White and a bag of Doritos. They probably want Kobe White. We'll throw in some nacho Doritos. Like no, you gotta give them. You gotta give them like the purple bag Doritos. Those are the best ones. Oh man, the sweet chili. All ones. right, fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to say the flavor. Yeah, those are cash money, baby. You ever had the uh, the chili cheese Fritos? Uh, not that big of a fan, honestly. We're ending the podcast. That I'd rather have the. Some. If we're talking Fritos, I'd rather have like the barbecue twist ones. Those are classic, but the chili cheese Fritos are they're gold mine, baby. They kind of make you feel like shit delicious. after like ten of them, though. What? Goddamn! How are you talking about, guy? Get your get your shit figured out. All right. That's, What's your favorite chip? You're coming to me. Oh man, that's a loaded question. Oh god, favorite chip? Mm, you know, I, I'm pretty seasonal. You know, I'll, I'll just I'll kind of <laughs> go where the wind's blowing me. And there's uh. There's like one of those those hot spicy barbecue chips, in it's like a it's like an off brand chip kind of. <laughs> I don't know. My dad's a big fan. He always buys them, so I, I've I've been munching on those recently. But like, given the opportunities, I think I'm gonna lock in with the chili cheese fritos. Wow. I think I'm good there. Interesting. Oh, man. It says a lot about you as a person. There's, there's like, these, these pretzel twists that you can get at, like, um, where there's, there's a big suit, like a Costco. It's got, like, a, a South 
Western seasoning, and dude, uh, you can't put them down. Your, your fingers Ooh. are just disgusting. But oh my god, I'll have to look up the name. I'll, I'll let all the listeners know. I'll tweet it out. <laughs> all, right, all right. Well, the Mavs are trading Luca for Kobe White and a bag of chili cheese Fritos and the Southwest Costco bread pretzels. You heard it here first. And that's talking Mavs. Yeah, you, you heard it here first. You know, just quick to wrap it up. I think that the Mavs are, are fine. I think there's no need to overreact. I, I think mm-hmm. that's really where the, this episode boils down to is you're fine. You're fine. You might not win it next year, but you're, you're fine. You're doing okay. Yeah. Just be patient. Be patient, Mavs. You'll have your day soon. I think so. And that wraps Alrighty. up episode well, two. Yeah, boom. Um, obviously, the draft lottery is tonight at this point, uh, 7.30 Central. So we, we've been holding off on some of the teams that have uh, higher lottery implications. So once that's cleared up tomorrow night, we will be able to do some of the teams that uh, have Golden a bit, State uh, less, Warriors. Less, Golden, yeah, State Golden State Warriors, Warriors baby. Um, yeah, I have some more implications based around what happens then and might be a little bit further away from a championship than the maps. But we're excited to bring that content to you guys, and we will start pumping these episodes out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. And we'll see you next episode. Peace. Peace.